Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Failure is not an option. What difference at this point does it make? said it was going to be fun. This is Real Talk, a fearless, poignant, and intrepid show where truth speaks louder than words. This is Real Talk with your host, Audrey Russo. It happened before. It will happen again. It's just a question of when. Time's a luxury we don't have. Hey, and welcome. This is Real Talk, and I'm your host, Audrey Russo, and this is where the best in the arts and culture get it right. Besides me singing on the intro there, that was Toby Mack with Unstoppable. And we have, of course, three Fabu guests for you. Unscientific mask orders, false COVID positives, and mixing results to pump up the numbers. Is anyone surprised as to why Americans no longer trust their government? And we're going to discuss this and more with CBN News senior reporter Dale Hurd. Plus, will the CCP's new national security law, with which they are now strangling Hong Kong, cost them more than they know? We'll hit this and more with the author of Stealth War, General Robert Spaulding. And the police are the last line of defense between criminals and law-abiding citizens. So what could blue state city officials be thinking by their support of a call to defund the police? Well, we're going to cover this and more with Dr. Stephen Bucci of the Heritage Foundation. But first, Mr. P. Yes, I'm right here in the studio. <laughs> okay. We are a proud part of the new Mojo 50 Radio Network. After the show, just go to mojo50.com to check out the schedule and the awesome shows and hosts. 
on Mojo 50 Radio. You can also hear us on our flagship station, WDDQ Talk 92.1, along with such shows as Michael Savage, Mark Levin, Laura Ingram, and so on. And you can also find us on WLBB News Talk Radio 1330 AM and 106.3 FM in Georgia. And on Friday nights on WJHC Talk 107.5 at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. And we are now on High Heart Radio. So... You can hear us there on their app anytime and catch up on all the shows. And we are also now on iTunes. So you can find us there as Real Talk with Audrey Russo. Click subscribe and you'll never miss an episode. And of course, we can be found every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Just go to AudreyRusso.com and click on the on-air button. And that will take you to the show. And my after show, with all the links and contacts for the guests, is right there on that page under the show description. Well, Mr. P. Yes. Fellow deplorable. Yes. (laughs) Fellow deplorables out there. We have to keep saying this because... We've got to keep doing this. And what is it we have to keep doing? Don't practice political mm. correctness. This couldn't be more critical for our country right now. Political correctness is self-imposing censorship, okay? No one at this point can force you to censor your own language. It's your constitutionally protected speech. And we have to remind our leaders of that. That is what we put them in office to do. Protect our rights. Okay? The left has been capitalizing on our obedience to them. Yeah, that's right. You've been obeying them. They tell you to shut up or change your language, and you do it. Why are you doing that? Look, this is not a new concept. In the 1880s, George MacDonald, who, by the way, influenced C.S. Lewis, said, The two pillars of political correctness are, one, willful ignorance, and two, a steadfast refusal to face the truth. Well, our founders knew this. They were prescient men. George Washington once said, if the freedom of speech is taken away, then dumb and silent, we may be led like sheep to the slaughter. And as my friend and comedian Brad Stein has said numerous times, how do you stop political correctness, Mr. P? You simply stop doing it. Get a spine. Cut it out because political correctness is, as I have said many times, the opiate of the coward. No good for you, no good for Western civilization, and no good for America, which is the cause of liberty and freedom. And let me remind you, just because you want to preserve Western civilization... Based on Judeo-Christian precepts and dogmas, hey, that does not make you a racist. I'll tell you what it makes you. It makes you a culturist, someone that is proud of their culture. And let me tell you why we should be proud of our culture, because it has lifted more people out of poverty and freed more people from the grip of tyranny than any other culture in the history of mankind. Be proud of it and defend it. Come on. Exactly. Plus, um... If you pray, I'm going to give you some things to pray for. Don't forget our troops. Remember, a lot of detrimental changes were made under Obama for eight years that damaged troop morale and military readiness. And don't forget our troops' direct support system, military families. And never forget our veterans or our disabled veterans, all of them. Oh, I'll tell you, our representatives always seem to forget them after election day, right, until it's time to get elected again or re-elected. But there is one 
uh, politician, I don't like to call him a politician, but he is a politician now, uh, our president did something in his first year for veterans. And what did he do? He passed something called the Veterans Choice Act, and that is vets with that piece of legislation can go to their own doctors, their own hospitals, which is a great thing. They don't have to go to the VA. And that was talked about for about 40 years. Who got it done? <laughs> Our current commander-in-chief. 40 years. 40 how, how years. Disgusting. It was discussed. Yeah. It was discussed, and it's disgusting. And, yes, and yeah. it was disgusting, absolutely. Yeah. And, well, we're speaking of him. Keep our president in your prayers. We sent him to Washington to drain the swamp. Little do we know how very deep that swamp was. He's our proxy. So when they spew hatred at him, it's really toward us. Because we sent him there to protect our values, to protect our rights, to protect our freedoms. And so when they spew hatred at him, they're really aiming at us. Mm -hmm. He's just in the way. And pray for America, that this chaos in major cities and the fear-mongering by the media over a virus with a death rate of a bad flu will pass quickly. And we will return to our normal, what we choose is our normal, not their new normal, okay? And here's a caveat about compromise. Now, we got to remember these things because in election year, compromising with the opposition, I'm really not talking about choosing a restaurant or compromising on a vacation spot. No, I'm talking about compromising on policies that make laws that you live under. When you do that, you're working from a position of weakness. I don't send politicians to D.C. to compromise. None of them have I ever heard that said, send me to Washington and I'll compromise for you. No, I never heard a candidate say that. I send them there to fix what years of compromise have done to this country. I don't compromise with policies that I believe are evil for this country, its citizens, and freedom. So, on policy, no compromise, period. It's time for conservatives to stop having an opinion and live rather by conviction. Right, Mr. P? Absolutely. Yeah. An opinion superficial can blow any which way that the wind blows, but conviction is a fixed or firm belief by which one acts. We see the perfect example of a lack of conviction in the Congress. That's why they're always in single mm -hmm. digits and almost in the negative now. They tickle the ears of their constituents with opinion, but when it comes time to act, they act like careerists, sacrifice nothing if it will hurt their plans for an advanced career. We put them there for what? So that they mm -hmm. serve us, not so they serve themselves. Remember that. If you put someone in that promised he was going to serve you, and the constituents, and you're, if he promises he's going to serve you and you catch him serving himself, fire him. So how do you fire him? You don't reelect him. Boom. Okay. It's time to put your man pants on and make the sacrifice that a conviction takes. And many of us, and it's clear now that many of us have been fooled by what socialism actually is. So let's get it directly mm -hmm. from Vladimir Lenin, who said, the goal of socialism is communism. In other words, socialism is communism's bait. More people have died under communism than any other ideology to date. Am I correct? Absolutely. In the, in the millions. Millions. I mean millions. And to clarify between terms, Marxism is the framework and 
communism is the practice. They are kin, okay? So you can use them interchangeably. We've gotten our taste of socialism with this virus fraud, okay? And when I say, yeah, it's a real virus, we know that because we got it. It is a virus, but the fear that they had put upon Americans, that was a fraud, okay? Socialism has government health care. The government can shut down your life whenever it likes when, when, because they run the health care. Did you like your taste of socialism? I didn't. So don't buy the lie. It's non-refundable, and it will eventually kill you. Now, one of our brilliant founders, and they were all brilliant, of course, but one of our brilliant founders, Benjamin Franklin, said after signing the Declaration of Independence, he said, if we do not hang together, we shall surely hang separately. And we just want to say we're glad you came to hang with us. Thanks for hanging. Yeah. Well, the counter the lie for this week is... I'm going to laugh at this, being in New York, as we are. Governor Cuomo's war cry. We are New York tough. Uh, yeah. Not. Not. Okay. This is a lie, and here's why. I'll tell you why, because Cuomo is a weak leader that has mishandled the so-called COVID crisis from the beginning. Not only does New York State have the most COVID deaths in the nation, over 32,000, remember this, he signed an executive order placing infected people, get this, into New York nursing homes, resulting in over 6,000 casualties. He killed, with that executive order, over 6,000 seniors. Exactly. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not tough, Mr. P, mm-hmm. to wear a mask and stand six feet away from people, is it? No, it's not. Yeah. It is not tough to hide in your home from a virus with a death ratio of a flu, mm-hmm. is it not? No, no. No, it's not. None of this is an example of being tough. The left seems to think that if they say something is, like they say it's tough, even if it's the antithesis of tough, which is weak in this case, extremely weak, then it's tough. They live in an alternate reality without reason, critical thinking, or truth, and see the world and their actions in a myopic mm-hmm. manner, not looking down the road to the consequences. They think, they, think, they think it's Hollywood, okay? They think, you know, action, cut, yeah, cut. They cut right before the consequences. No, it doesn't work that way. This is not a fantasy. This is not fiction. This is all nonfiction, isn't it? Yes, it is. Yeah. Now, we're going to play a clip of a columnist in Ireland discussing, a, in this case, a disabled man who couldn't wear a mask and because he was disabled, and the people on the bus that he was trying to ride turned him in and told him he couldn't ride and he could walk the five miles instead. Imagine that. They, yeah, they brought him into court. But we're going to play. Uh, this is John Waters. So, we're, so give a listen. This is... Uh, I tell you, it's, it's apropos here as well, even though this is Ireland. Here we go. You know, we're, we're in a situation where, absurdly and, and ludicrously, a government is ridiculously claiming that it is do, interested in saving lives and protecting people's health and is harassing a man with a, a health disability and dragging him into court because he refused to bend the knee to this tyranny. But also think, think about the fact that at the very height of this alleged pandemic, back in April, there was no talk of compulsory masks. No. 
in all of May, when the, 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 the figures were dying away to nothing, there was no talk of compulsory May marks. In, in June, when there were no cases virtually at all, there was no talk of compulsory no. masks. Now, when it's all, it's all it's but gone. disappeared, it's gone. It's gone. It's gone. They are now bringing in compulsory masks. And the reason for that is they need visible evidence of terror. Yes. They need to create a visibility of the terror that they want to inculcate in the people. And that's why this is so important to them. These are really sinister people we're dealing with now. These are people that we previously thought of as people of our own kind, these politicians. We thought, well, we have to start thinking of them now as alien beings, as hostile beings to the Irish people. They are the enemies of the Irish people. Clearly, they are intent, because the mask is a way of denying the very human face of the person. It is a way of taking away the individual, unique humanity of each person and turning us all into zombies and restoring us to a kind of animal state so that we no longer will look at each other coming down the street as Tom or Mick or Mary, my friend, my sister, my brother, but instead as a, as a, as a, as a, a festering mess of bacteria and viruses, which is a danger to my health. Oh, you know, I have to get out of the way. This is what they are turning the human person into with this, this whole thing. This is, I'm not saying that our people are responsible for thinking this up. They don't have the brains for that or anything. But this is what they're implementing. This is the thinking behind it, to destroy the spirit of the human person, the individuality, the personality, the conscience, the character of the human person. That is what this project is about. Well, wow. <laughs> yeah, this is a columnist, John Waters, and his points about masking being tyranny is spot on. He nailed it when he said it's robbing us of our identity. We don't know who anybody is anymore. Yeah, it's robbing us of our identity. It's making us live in fear. It's keeping us away from others. Yeah. And it's just it's just totally contrary to the concept of what Western civilization is. It couldn't be more detrimental. Yeah. People have to stop being afraid. They have to stop being afraid. Now, this is how crazy this is. This is a tyranny, and that may be Ireland, but it's happening here, okay? Mm-hmm. Broward County, Florida. You're not going to believe this, and this is not a joke, and this is not from Babylon B. okay? This is real, okay? This is a mandate they put down. They mandated masks for the citizens in their homes, in their homes. This is insanity. This is tyranny. This is communism. What, what are they going to do next? Send Stasi in now to make sure you're wearing your mask? Mm-hmm. This is not Germany under the Third Reich. This is insanity, all right? Masks do not work when it comes to spreading virus. It, you still get it. And how do we know that, Mr. P? Uh, well, I know that empirically because I know someone that wore two masks at the same time uh, on his job. He, and he did it every time. And he only took it off. He only took it off when he got home. Yeah. Worked on the job constantly and got sick. And got sick. But we also know it personally. Yes. That we got it. What? And you wear a mask everywhere. You wear a mask anytime you're in public. People stay away from you. And guess what? We still got the virus. It's countless how many people have gotten the virus wearing a mask. This is yeah. a false sense. This is a false sense of protection. Yeah. And by the way, the guy that I'm talking about, no one in his home had it. So somewhere outside when he was double masking, double it masking. penetrated and he got sick. Yeah. This is outrageous. It's disgusting. It is tyranny. Yeah. All right. I go back to this question again. When did we give permission to the government to start running our lives? Uh, never. never. 
Never. I never, they never asked me, right? They can make suggestions. They do it every year. They make suggestions. Oh, this time you might want to, you know, this precaution, that precaution. And that's up to us and our freedom whether we want to do it. Suddenly, they closed down our country. They destroyed our economy, Mm -hmm. right? And then they're telling us this false sense of security by putting a mask on and saying six feet away. Let me tell you something. The the virus, I've never seen a gymnastic virus, okay? He's not going to jump. What are they going to do? Spin up in the air? What do you think is the flying Melendez? And it's going to end up behind your mask? This is lunacy, Yeah. right? We've had, we're not even up to the Hong Kong flu. We're not even up to those numbers yet. And yet we didn't close our economy, did we? No. No. We didn't close our economy. We didn't take healthy people and make them hide in their homes in fear of what? A virus. Mm -hmm. And we know because we had it, okay? You're down for 14 days. You have a low-grade temperature unless you have a a, a coexist, you know, a a comorbidity, Mm -hmm. all right? But... The average American doesn't, all right? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's a longer flu than the yearly flu, which usually lasts, lasts a week. This lasts 14 days. Mm-hmm. After that, you're okay. Yeah. You can make it through. Do not live in fear. It's a virus. I have to ask this question. Okay, well, you know what? Let's talk about this. Portland moms. Oh, man. Oh, they, they, Portland moms, what, form a chain to protect rioters, yeah. rioters now, who are looting and burning down the city. They're burning down the city. Are these really moms? I have to ask that. And what are they? And they're and they're proud. I don't know. What were they doing? Teaching the kids tyranny? It, it, it certainly seems that way. And if so, what the heck kind of mom teaches their kid tyranny looting and arson. And then protects them. And then protects them. And then protects them while they're in the process of doing it. This kind of reminds me again, you have have a kid that throws tantrums, they're rude, they're obnoxious, and then you call the parent in and the parent parent stands up for them and protects them. Protects bad behavior. Lovely. Lovely ladies. Good job. Yeah. All right. I, I have to ask this question. People like Ted Wheeler, who's the uh, mayor of Portland, Mm -hmm. and Lightfoot, who's the mayor of Chicago, allowing their cities to be destroyed. In the case of Wheeler, allowing the place to be burned to the ground, okay? Where did these people come from? I mean, what happened? Did did hell crack open and the sulfur wafting up and appeared... Wheeler, Lightfoot, and other the other ying, yeah. <laughs> Nimrods. There's a lot of them. There's a lot of them, unfortunately. We're starting to see what they're all about. These people w- don't want to govern. They want to rule over you. And you saw it now. You've seen it since, since February, March, mm-hmm. right? What does Wheeler, I have to ask, what does Wheeler think he's accomplishing by destroying Portland? I, I, what does Wilhelm think he's doing in, in New York? My my only guess with all of this is it, it is it is political. It's all aimed at Trump. But just think about the stupidity. You don't want to see Trump get reelected, so you're going to allow your city to be destroyed. Yeah, I, this uh, it, that, that's insane. You have to ask that. What what in the world do you think you're accomplishing by destroying? Your city. Yeah. I, I want to understand this. Wilhelm, you know, if people don't know what I'm talking about, that's his real name, de Blasio. Okay. Uh, is, what is he doing? What is it? What kind of mentality, what kind of psychotic break do we have here that you are proud that you're d- allowing your city to be destroyed? What? That is not rational thinking. No, these people are demented. They are deranged. 
Absolutely. And they're Democrats. And they're Democrats. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sorry, you know, I mean, they're Democrats. Yeah, uh, tell them like it is. Fauci, okay, I don't want to make anyone sick, okay, but I'm going to say his name, Fauci, okay. What does he do? He, this guy is a disaster. And what does he do then? He starts what, what exactly you expect the disaster to do. Praise Cuomo for his handling of the coronavirus. What's your comment on that, Mr. P? Well, we went over it earlier. I mean, Cuomo's on a victory tour. He's taking Why? a victory lap. We've lost more people in New York State to COVID than any other state in the nation. And it's his fault. And he killed over 6,000 seniors with his executive order by placing sick people in nursing homes. Exactly. What I think it is is this. I think that he... You look, anybody that have the guilt, the guilt is going to get you. Uh, for for the blood on his hands, man, he he couldn't. He'd have to be at Hamlet uh, six thousand times over. This guy is is really. He, I think he has psychotic psychotic break. Because how are you taking a victory lap? You're responsible, directly responsible for over six thousand deaths of of innocent, mm -hmm. innocent, frail, yeah, seniors. He's a sick, sick man. If Fauci's praising that, what does that, what does that tell you about him? Mm -hmm. We want to throw this one thing in here. We talked a lot. We're talking a lot on the show tonight about China. But they're always persecuting Christians. But what the, what's their latest? Uh, listen, China just ordered Christians, listen to this, to take down images of Christianity in their homes and get this, replace them with pictures of communist heroes. This is communism. No freedom in any form. In any form, exactly. This is the way they do uh, People are screaming about the Uyghurs, but they've been persecuting Christians there for, let me see, 50 years, okay? Mm -hmm. They are very, this is communism. There is no freedom. They're telling you what to do in your home. Well, look at Broward County. I guess, I guess one of their heroes is G. I don't know. Apparently so. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Mr. P. We're going to take a quick break right here, but stay right there. Up next, author of Stealth War, General Robert Spaulding will be here. So don't make a move. We'll be right back. Hi, it's Doc Thompson for Matthew 25 Ministries. Matthew 25 Ministries is one of the few charities I'll actually endorse because I know them. I've worked with them, and I know almost all of the money that you donate goes to help people. Go to m25m.org, m25m.org. Fast Track student loans can get your student loans out of default, stop any wage garnishments, stop collection calls, and stop seizure of your tax refund. Give yourself a break. Stop the stress and get your student loan payments down to as little as $25 a month based on what you can afford to pay. 800-709-4395. 800-709-4395. 800-709-4395. 800 the Bells of Liberty. Three sassy conservatarian ladies talking politics. We know that all you want to do is take guns away from people. Don't be don't be dishonest. Pop culture. Valkyrie, she's yes. got a flying horse. She doesn't need Karen and the Karenettes, okay? And everything in between. So basically, it's just people, schmucks like us sitting around the room like, you know what we could do? We can basically put up sunglasses around the earth, <laughs> and that will stop climate change. Join Rocky, Gina, and me Saturdays at 2 p.m. Eastern for the ultimate. That's what she said. All right, ladies, let's wrap this up. I got to go work in the morning. Okay, we got to do it again because Sammy cut out. What the? <laughs>
I love American Pride Roasters in the morning. It really gets me off to work. Oh, oh, uh, AmericanPrideRoasters.com. AmericanPrideRoasters.com. Hey, everybody. This is Anson Williams. You might remember me from Happy Days. Well, I am very, very proud to have been on Audrey Russo's Real Talk. What a great show. What a great lady. What a great time. Welcome back. Are you just joining us? This is Audrey Russo, and you're listening to Real Talk. Boris Johnson has made the right decision for the UK to boot Huawei Telecom from their network. But how long will it actually take to remove them? And will the CCP's new national security law, with which they are now strangling Hong Kong, cost them more than they know? Well, we're going to discuss this and more with my next guest. For my new listeners, General Robert Spaulding, USAF retired, is a senior fellow at the Hudson Institute focusing on U.S.-China relations, economic and national security, and the Asia-Pacific military balance. General Spaulding has served in senior positions of strategy and diplomacy within the Defense and State Departments for more than 26 years. As a senior director for strategy to the president, he was the chief architect of the framework for the national competition in the Trump administration's national security strategy. He is also the author of the new bestseller, Stealth War, How China Took Over While America's Elite Slept. It's my great pleasure to give a real talk welcome back to General Robert Spaulding. <laughs> welcome back, Robert. Thank you. It's great to be back. It's great to have you with us, and we're going to jump right into this. It appears that the UK PM Boris Johnson had decided to ban Huawei Telecom provider from their network. Would you share about this decision and tell us if that this takes effect immediately, or if this takes some? It might even take years to accomplish it. Well, I mean, it's an important, um, you know, realization of two years of diplomacy. Uh, from the National Security Council and the State Department with the UK, trying to convince them of the danger of building 5G uh, with Huawei, uh, particularly to their citizens' data. I think um, it is an important, you know, uh, decision in terms of the optics, but in terms of the actual network itself, it's going to take years to um, to to build a new network because. Essentially, that's what British Telecom has to do. Uh, over 15 years ago, they went all Huawei. So they're going to have to rebuild an entirely new network without Huawei equipment, which is going to take several years. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure the CCP wasn't too thrilled about this, were they? No. And, in fact, you know, their ambassadors around the world uh, talked about it. They also threatened the U.K., with retribution, and I do expect that they're gonna there are gonna be consequences for um, you know trade and, and and financial relationships between China and the UK. But at the end of the day, it's really about the independence and sovereignty of the of the citizens of the UK from you know the ability for the Chinese Communist Party to 
collect information about them and to influence them. Right, right. Um, you know, we knew that the CCP would take control of Hong Kong somehow when the protests for freedom continued. So they came up with this new national security law to clamp down on Hong Kong. Would you share about that law, this law, which actually changed our relationship with Hong Kong? Can you share about that? Well, you know, the uh, Article 38 of the law is extremely important because it adds an element of extraterritoriality to the law. And it says, basically, it doesn't matter if you're a citizen of China or not. It doesn't matter if you're in Hong Kong or out of Hong Kong. It really doesn't matter where you are. If you have a social media post, if you somehow go out and speak out, you know, in, in support of the people of Hong Kong, uh, against Chinese oppression of them, then you are basically violating that law. You're violating a law of from of China, you know, implemented by the Chinese Communist Party. The danger, uh, if you're making social media posts, whether it be on Twitter or Facebook or what have you, is that the Chinese Communist Party will be aware of it. And if you travel to countries that have an extradition treaty, with China, you could find yourself uh, detained and potentially facing extradition to China to face charges uh, of violating their national security law. Now, that violating that law comes with a lifetime sentence. So that's what they've done with this. It's not about just the people of Hong Kong. They have basically said anybody in the world challenging China with regard to their dominion over Hong Kong, their oppression of the Hong Kong people, and supporting the Hong Kong people's right to independence and freedom, then you have violated the law of China and you are subject and could be extradited from a country that has an extradition treaty with China and spend your entire life in prison. That's what's unique about this law. That's it, that's incredible, and it's it sounds insane, but it does sound like the CCP, doesn't it? Well, it does, but you know who has an extradition treaty with China? Who? Mexico. Really? So <laughs> Mexico has an extradition treaty with China. So you want to go to Mexico and enjoy, um, you know, the Baja California coast? You know, you're subjecting yourself to potentially, uh, if you've made a social media post in support of the people of Hong Kong, in support of their right to freedom, then you could find yourself extradited to China. Uh, you know, the UK has an extradition treaty with China. France has an extradition treaty with China. This is this is the problem they've done with this law. Yeah, yeah. And uh, listeners, uh, I would recommend uh, going to the general's Twitter account to see the list of countries who probably shock you and some of them, uh, which some you just mentioned, which was uh, in- incredible, actually. Um, of course, due to this law, President Trump is ending special trade status for Hong Kong. Would you expound on that a little for us? Uh, well, so the, the unique nature of Hong Kong being independent because of the treaty of one country, two systems that China signed with uh, the UK when uh, Hong Kong was transferred back to their rule in 1997, said that for 50 years the uh, Hong Kong would be independent and it would be ruled uh, under its own laws and its own politicians. And of course, uh, the United States said as long as that's the case, 
we will treat Hong Kong differently. They will have different trade laws. They will have different um, financial connections to the United States. And in essence, they will enjoy the benefits of being a democratic nation as opposed to China. Well, so when the president uh, put out the executive order, he said that we are now going to begin to treat uh, Hong Kong like we do the mainland. That means things like the Hong Kong dollar, you know, really now are threatened in terms of its ability to continue to be a window to get U.S. dollars into China. That's what China and the Chinese Communist Party have used Hong Kong for, kind of like an ATM machine <laughs> to our uh, capital markets. So it's an ATM machine for getting money out of New York, which is the financial capital of the United States. That's now threatened, which threatens the Chinese Communist Party's continued uh, economic growth of the uh, of the country. Right. So did the CCP violate the treaty they made with the UK? They absolutely absolutely did violate it. With this law, they basically said that there is no independence for Hong Kong. In fact, they can detain anybody and then put them in prison for life. Unbelievable. So are there any, not that I think they'll go through with it, but are there any consequences for violating that treaty? Well, there should be consequences. You know, they, Hong Kong was not subject to the tariffs uh, under the Section 301 investigation that are currently instituted on the mainland. So now they're going to be subject to those tariffs. Like I said, the Hong Kong dollar, you know, the Fed, the, the, the Federal Reserve, deals with each nation's central bank. And, you know, each nation can only have one central bank and can only have one currency. Technically, now, China has two central banks, the People's Bank of China and the Hong Kong Monetary Authority. And they have two currencies, the renminbi or, or the, or the uh, Chinese yuan and the Hong Kong dollar. This is not um, the way that the Fed deals with the nation's financial system. And so, you know, I would argue and others have argued that the Hong Kong Monetary Authority ought to cease to exist and the Hong Kong dollar ought to, the Fed ought to cease to exchange U.S. dollars for the Hong Kong dollar since it's no longer a legitimate currency. I also understand that uh, President Trump is considering a potential travel ban against CCP members. Is that correct? Uh, that was reported. I don't know um, what you know stage that is in terms of deliberation. I, of course, support that. Um, you know, that being said, it's going to be one of these things. You know, each one of these policy decisions, whether it's getting rid of the Hong Kong dollar or banning Chinese Communist Party members from traveling to the United States or, you know, scrutinizing, you know, visa requests. All of these uh, policy determinations are fought within the administration by those that want to continue this close personal relationship with the Chinese Communist Party. So every single one of these is extremely contentious within the administration. And ultimately, the president has to decide on which way he's going to land. You know, the tariffs themselves were extremely contentious. And ultimately, you know, the president was advised against implementing tariffs by many of his cabinet. And of course, he, he went the other way and decided to implement them. So it's up to the president to see how he will decide on many of these things, like banning Chinese communist members from traveling in the United States. Yeah. Um, I have to ask, was, was Xi 
considering the consequences of this new national security law when it came to the U.S.? Oh, of course. So what people need to understand is that last year when uh, we had negotiated a trade deal with China, it was 150 pages. Now they took when so that was negotiated between Liu He, the economic advisor to uh, General Secretary Xi Jinping, and Ambassador Lighthouser, Lighthouser, the U.S. Trade Representative. Now, when that agreement was finalized between the two, it was sent to and deliberated by the leadership in Beijing. And when they came out of deliberation, they had torn up 50 pages of the agreement and said, this is all we're going to do and no more, which means all the enforcement mechanisms, all the reform measures that were uh, that were negotiated were denied by the Chinese Communist Party. Mm-hmm. When they did that, if you if you if you go back and think about it, when they did that, mm-hmm. they were saying they are willing to accept the consequences of of not honoring that negotiated agreement, and the consequences could be as severe as a decoupling of the two economies. So when you go back then a year ago, they the Chinese leadership said we are willing to decouple our economy voluntarily rather than subject ourselves to reform and opening of our economy so that we lose control of the state-owned enterprises. When they went down that path, that meant they were willing to accept any consequence dealt by the United States. Now, their goal is to delay for as long as possible, any uh, any implementation of consequences, mm-hmm. and so they're they're willing to talk and say whatever they uh, can to prevent it. But ultimately, they don't care about you know our response to Hong Kong. They don't care about our response to the trade deal. They have decided that they have enough, and that if they are cut off, that they will be just fine. Now, what they're going to continue to do diplomatically you know, informationally, using all aspects of their society, using our own academic uh, institutions, our corporate institutions, our political and financial institutions, what they're going to do is create this continued resistance within our own society to preventing the implementation of consequences as a result of their own voluntary decision to cut themselves off from the United States. Yeah. So that's what's going on right now. That's, so the, really, it's, it's do we have the will as a people to stand up for our own economic independence? Do we have the will to actually impose penalties on the Chinese Communist Party who themselves have decided to do this? Or are we going to allow ourselves to continue to be you know, duped and you know, our, our treasuries essentially raided? That's the, that's the question before us. And what you have in the administration is a bunch of people that continue to support the Chinese Communist Party because they continue to argue for a delay of implementation of consequences that, quite frankly, we should have known a, at least a year that needed to be uh, put in place. Sure. Yeah. And I think about the, uh, the few people that, well, at least the president, of course, will stand against them, but there's still too many in, in the, you know, in, in the halls that, um, in the deep state, basically, that, uh, you know, have this uh, affinity for the CCP. 
Uh, one of them that stands with the president is Pierre Navarro, and then back in 2018, um, uh, of course, for the listeners, the White House trade advisor launched a scathing attack on what he called the globalist billionaires of Wall Street, and he, continu- uh, he accused the self-appointed group of Wall Street bankers and hedge fund managers of engaging in their own shuttle diplomacy with the Chinese side and attempting to sabotage U.S. trade negotiations by putting enormous pressure on the White House to give way to Beijing. That Navarro further accused the financial elite of being unregistered foreign agents acting as part of Beijing's influence operations in Washington. Now, some people might think that's strong language, but was he correct? Well, you know, not only Navarro did it, but recently uh, William Barr did in a speech, uh, I believe it was in Chicago, calling out not just you know, the people of Wall Street, but also corporate CEOs. You know, essentially, this is what, this is the brilliance of the Chinese Communist Party. It was not to, you know, repeat the, 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 the failed efforts of the Soviet Union in terms of pushing this global authoritarianism. It was rather to um, uh, enlist corporate America and Wall Street as their proxies so that they could have you know, their own champions within democratic republics arguing for, you know, the, the, the continued interests of the Chinese Communist Party. That's what's going on. That's why uh, corporations like Nike, like Apple, um, like, uh, you know, J.P. Uh, Morgan, Goldman Sachs, all of these companies are arguing for continued financial and economic and trade integration with China because they profit from it in spite of the fact that the Chinese Communist Party uses that integration, those financial, economic and trade connections to incentivize those corporate leaders to do their bidding in terms of political influence in the White House, on Capitol Hill, in local government, state and local governments. It's that is their way of war. This is this is what I talked about in my book, Stealth War. It's not, you know, about conquering territory. It's about conquering minds, using money, using graft, using greed. Right, right, exactly. Um, according to U.S. Uh, China Economic Review Commission, as of February 2019, there were 156 Chinese companies with a total valuation of $1.2 trillion listed on the U.S. exchanges, but more than 100 of them don't allow regulatory audits as required by the 2002 uh, Sarbanes-Oxley Act, or SOX. Now, for the listeners, the SOX Act was originally put in place to protect investors from the huge corporate fraud perpetrated by Enron, WorldCom, and many other companies where stockholders lost most or all of their investments. Over the years, however, the same thing has happened to American investors investing in fraudulent Chinese hustle companies listed in U.S. exchanges. Luckin Coffee is just one example of that. Why were these companies able to get away with this for so long? And how, if the president is at all, how has he dealt with this concerning the Sox Act? Well, so it's not just over 100. It's all the companies. No, in fact, if you transfer internal corporate data from China to the United States for the purpose of audit or transparency requirements, you are committing treason in China. Wow. You are you have basically committed treason against the nation of China. That's according to law. 
So they do not allow any uh, oversight, audit, transparency, what have you, that, you know, for instance, U.S. corporations are required to provide. So the reason that's been allowed to occur, you know, is because this failed belief that if we did that, that eventually China would democratize. Eventually they would liberalize politically. And in, in, in fact, they have instead become more powerful and more ingrained in our system. And, oh, by the way, uh, the Wall Street has been incentivized to support their efforts. So where does Treasury, where does the SEC get their political appointees for the most part? They get them from Wall Street. So who do you think has to, you know, impose penalties on this type of behavior or encourage the, the opposite of penalties? These political appointees that come from Wall Street that want to continue to see this behavior, you know, that incentivizes and, quite frankly, earns Wall Street firms billions of dollars in profit, they want to see that continue, in spite of the fact that it harms U.S. investors. Yeah, yeah. Do you think China-based companies like Alibaba will leave the New York uh, Stock Exchange rather than comply with Sarbanes-Oxley audit rules? Oh, they absolutely will. And, and I think it's coming soon. You know, there's a, there is a talk of, you know, the U.S. Labor Department, you know, issuing um, instructions to uh, private pensions and public pensions to say, look, you can no longer invest your retirees' funds into Chinese companies because they don't um, essentially comply with audit and transparency requirements. So one way or the other, whether it's the Securities and Exchange Commission or it's the Department of Labor or the U.S. Treasury, I would say it's probably not going to be the SEC or U.S. Treasury, but it could be the Department of Labor. One of these ways, one of these days, this is going to end because it does not benefit American investors. What's happened is as this money goes through Hong Kong and gets into China, into the People's Bank of China, then that is under the control of the Chinese Communist Party. So it is the equivalent of basically <clears throat> sending your money to the mafia and expecting the mafia to do the right thing and making sure that money gets to the company that you were supposedly investing in. Oh, no, the Chinese Communist Party is <laughs> going to use it to build an aircraft carrier, to help build their Belt and Road Initiative, to build a 5G network in a country that they want to spy on and, and influence a population of. This is what they use the money for. This is why, you know, the debt in China is 300, 300% of GDP. You know, it, wow. it, it is, you know, something like 50 trillion right now. Wow. It is because the Chinese Communist Party has insulated their financial system, you know, you, because the, the money, the renminbi, the Chinese yuan, cannot be converted in a market. It must be converted by the People's Bank of China. Therefore, they insulate themselves from that money escaping. So if you think about it, it is like this one-way money trap that they suck dollars into that then the investors can't actually get out. Now, there's this, there's this failed belief that, you know, over time it's going to open up and you're going to be able to get your money out. 
But what I'm telling you is it's a socialist country. So think Venezuela. Yeah. Think Venezuela when you try to get your assets out and they say, no, these, these are actually the assets of the state. That is what's going to happen. And so this, these trillions of dollars that have poured into China you know, from the retirement funds of Americans, they're never, it's never coming out. And to continue to allow that to flow in is what we're talking about here. That's why we need to cut it off. Yeah. Do you know if, if the president is making any efforts to do that or is he just getting opposition? Well, I would venture to say that the argument um, at the White House goes something like, you know, Secretary Pompeo says, sir, we need to cut this off. And then Secretary Mnuchin says, sir, you know, that's going to cause problems for Wall Street or for our own stock market. So we can't cut it off. Right. So that's the argument going on. So at, at the end of the day, when this when this flow of money stops, there are going to be reverberations. There's going to be reverberations for Chinese equities because the dollars will no, no longer be flowing in, which means the value will collapse, which means a lot of those investors will get hurt. In addition, there's going to be reverberation into our own stock market, not ch just Chinese companies, but U.S. companies. There's going to be losses taken. Everybody wants to prevent that from happening by continuing this flow of cash into China. Ultimately, we're going to ha it's going to stop. Yeah. It is just a matter of, you know, how much more trillions of dollars will Americans have to lose before we cut it off and deal with the, with the consequences. You know, there's a saying, when you find yourself at the bottom of a hole, the first thing that you do is stop digging. This is, this is our problem. We can't get out of this hole. We are not going to be able to get out of it. The money that was sunk into China is lost. The financial implications of that is going to be losses in the stock market, restatement of financial returns by many large U.S. banks and corporations, and we're going to have to deal with that, with that when that comes. But it doesn't make sense for us to continue to pour money into China in order to delay that in the inevitable consequences of the fact that China is led by a kleptocracy of the Chinese Communist Party. Yeah, yeah. It's time for us to stop digging. Uh, Robert, where can listeners follow and support your excellent work and purchase your book, Stealth War? Well, they can go to generalspalding.com. Uh, they can actually go there and sign up for a free uh, first chapter, check it out, see if they like it, and then they can buy it on the website or they can go to anywhere books are sold. It's, uh, it's especially popular uh, in audible.com if you like to listen to books. Ray Porter, who does the reading, did a fantastic job. And they can follow me at Twitter, uh, at Robert underscore Spaulding. No you in Spaulding. Okay. And as always, I'll have those links in my after show, which is now on the live show page. Just go to AndreRusso.com. Click on the honor button. And right under the show description, you'll find all the links that the general just shared. Thanks so much, Robert, for sharing your brilliant assessments with us. Will you join us again on the show? Yes? Absolutely. Excellent. Until then, may God bless you, your work, and may God save America. Bye for now. Thank you.
We're going to take a quick break right here, but stay right there. Up next, Dale Hurd will be with us. So don't make a move. We'll be back in a flash. Before I got the opportunity to come to Workshops for Warriors, I was a hospital corpsman in the Navy for five years, had two combat deployments. I got out in August 2014. Things didn't really work out as planned. I had a hard time getting back into the civilian life. I really didn't have a lot going on for me. I had just failed out of college. I didn't have any certifications to transfer over to the civilian sector in the medical field. So I was kind of in a dark place. And once I came to Workshops for Warriors, it gave me hope again. I've earned over 15 nationally recognized certifications in the manufacturing and welding industry. Since then, I've gotten a job offer, making really good money. And it's definitely changed my life a lot. And I was in a very dark place before I met Hernan. And this is kind of like the light at the end of the tunnel for me. Workshops for Warriors, it really saved my life. Workshops for Warriors is a school in San Diego that trains and certifies veterans into advanced manufacturing careers, all at no cost to the veteran. They leave with portable and stackable nationally recognized credentials. Visit WFWUSA.org to learn more. Hi, this is Lieutenant General Tom McInerney, U.S. Air Force retired, former fighter pilot. If you want to know what's going on and get the straight scoop in America, listen to Audrey Russo. This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo Five-O. Breaking news this hour from townhall.com. I'm Keith Peters. White House Press Secretary Kayleigh McEnany says the media has not paid attention to the violent protests in Portland, Oregon. For 55 days in Portland, Oregon, we've seen lawlessness, anarchy, and destruction that threatens peace in our streets and the safety of our fellow American citizens and the safety of our brave law enforcement officers. Yet some Democrats and some in the media continue to ignore reality. A federal judge denied an order sought by Oregon's top law enforcement officer to restrict federal agents' actions when they arrest people during protests in Portland. The judge said Friday the state lacked standing to sue on behalf of protesters. Demonstrators have taken to the streets to oppose racial injustice for two months, and they've spiraled into acute violence. President Trump said he sent in federal agents early this month to quell the unrest despite outcries from Democrats. The Trump administration will allow imports of cheaper prescription medicines along with other steps. At a White House ceremony, Mr. Trump signed four executive orders in addition to importation. They're about paying lower international prices for some Medicare drugs, passing rebates directly to consumers, and making discounted insulin available to low-income people. Under this order, the price of insulin for affected patients will come down to just pennies a day, pennies a day from Numbers that you weren't even able to think about. It's a massive cost savings. A sharply divided Supreme Court has denied a rural Nevada church's request to strike down as unconstitutional a 50-person cap on worship services as part of the state's ongoing response to the coronavirus. In a 5-4 to four decision today, the high court refused to grant the request from the Christian church east of Reno to be subjected to the same COVID-19 restrictions in Nevada that allow casinos, restaurants, and others to operate at 50% of capacity. More on these stories at townhall.com. This is good news. Well, if you've said the world has gone crazy, I think 99.9% of the Earth's population would, in fact, agree with you. Here's the thing. You can never be too prepared for the craziness that's happening all around you. Keep your head while others are losing theirs. Go to preparewithmojo50.com. You will find an emergency food supply with a big discount because you are a Mojo 50 listener. It's not about uh, panic. It's about being ready for anything. Preparewithmojo50.com. 
No one likes to think about disasters or what could happen to you or your family if you find yourself in the middle of one. Look around you. Don't you wish that uh, maybe a few months ago you had gone to preparewithmojo50.com and picked up an emergency food supply? The reason is not that you're panicked. The reason is that you want to be ready for anything. Look what happened at the grocery stores in the last few weeks. There are others out there who tend to lose their minds when things aren't normal. You, however, are smart. You know how to do things the right way. You know how to be prepared. You know how to take care of your family. And it shows. I mean, you listen to Mojo 5 So go to preparewithmojo50.com. You will find a special deal for you as a Mojo listener on a food supply, an emergency food supply that will ensure that you have enough food for you and your family for months, however long you decide you need the supply for. It really is a great deal, and it's about being ready for anything. Preparewithmojo50.com. December 16th, 1773. And now, what really happened at the Boston Tea Party? What are they doing? They're throwing all the king's tea and coffee into the harbor to protest taxation without representation. Do you think we should stop them? I really like my coffee. Come on, it's not American Pride Roasters. Yeah, that would be a trebuchet mockery. American Pride Roasters, the choice coffee of real American patriots for over 250 years. That's right. Get yours today at AmericanPrideRoasters.com. Failure is not an option. What difference at this point does it make? Nobody said it was going to be fun. This is Real Talk, a fearless, poignant, and intrepid show where truth speaks louder than words. This is Real Talk with your host, Audrey Russo. Not of this world, so we live on the run. We keep our eyes set on what is to come. It happened before. It will happen again. It's just a question of when. Time's a luxury we don't have. This is Michael Brown, host of the Line of Fire radio broadcast and author of the brand new book, Jezebel's War with America. You are listening to my friend, Audrey Russo, on Real Talk Radio. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, this is Audrey Russo, and you're listening to Real Talk. Will the chaos seen across America benefit the Democrats like they hope, or will it backfire and cause a landslide for President Trump? And unscientific mask orders, false COVID positives, and mixing results to pump up the numbers. Is anyone surprised as to why Americans no longer trust their government? 
Well, we're going to discuss this and more with my next guest. For my new listeners, Dale Hurd is a senior reporter and the chief European correspondent for CBN News. He has won awards for his reporting from around the world, including the Soviet Union, Communist China, and the Bosnian Civil War. He now focuses on the collapse of freedom and safety in Western Europe because of the European Union and Muslim immigration. Europeans are beginning to realize that if Dale comes to your nation, something bad is happening. It's my great pleasure to give a real talk welcome back to Dale Hurd. Yeah, my beat is Europe, but I and I think that the EU is banning Americans because it was a convenient excuse to keep me out. That's <laughs> I don't doubt that. To be honest, I don't doubt that. There's there's no other reason why they were banning us. Why? Because we had a little spike here and there. Is that it? Yeah. Oh, that's silliness. Yeah. Silly, silly. Um, well, you know, why don't we jump in on this one? Okay, the mask Nazis. They're abundant, not just not just the not just the um, I'd say local leaders or governors, but uh, also all around us um, the mass Nazis. But it's very unscientific, and and the lack of science seems very similar, as you have pointed out, to that of climate change militants. So. Uh, yeah, you, you mean you mean masks that that didn't work, but now they work. Except doctors will tell you they don't, don't work, work, but they yeah. also have to keep their mouths shut so they don't get in trouble. I mean, it's such a racket. You know what it is? It's racketeering. Yeah, yeah. Actually, you're right. <laughs> it is it's like shut up and don't no. say anything. But you have yeah, to say I, something. I saw early on this connection between the way they're acting toward COVID and the way they act toward climate change. Mm. The dangers are really inflated and it's used as an excuse to control people in the case of climate change to bash capitalism and control corporations. And I don't know what they hope to accomplish now, except they're trying to make people so afraid that they'll just give up all their rights. And it looks like uh, they're managing to do that. Uh, but I think they have something else going on here. Tell I, me. Think, <laughs> I think more and more, of course, it's blue states, but even even in red states where they're they're having people use them because they see a little spike. But that that's also fuzzy too. the spikes. OK, but I think that they want to get people. Uh, they want to get them to use it. People don't like it. It's very unhealthy for you. But they're pushing this this uh, vaccine, and uh, the feds have just bought a hundred million doses of this vaccine that has it hasn't been out there tested long enough. But I think what they're going to try to do, and this is where we have to fight back. I believe they're going to say, "Well, you want to unmask? Well, then you got to get the vaccine." Oh, and yeah, and See that? Big Pharma reminds me so much of Big Tobacco. I was listening to an expert just today, and it's just, he was talking about how in the case of cancer, they don't want a cancer cure because they make all their money keeping terminal patients alive. And it was just awful what oh. I was hearing. And yeah, so who wants to get a vaccine from these people? Nobody. But you're right. Yeah, very few people want to get that. But I think that's what they're working toward. And anyway, it's it's pretty, dis look, I, I understand America, I understand 
understand the free market, but it's it's wrong to try to. Now I know that the now I love the president, but I think he's wrong on certain things here. And when it comes to masks, he says he's in favor of them, but he's it's not it's not a, a cure, and it's not you know. Well, then don't push them because it's very uncomfortable. I mean, there was. Uh, there, as a matter of fact, there was a couple of kids that kids now that were wearing masks outside on the track. Let me see, where was that? China, wearing a mask, and they passed out. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's very on. unhealthy to breathe your own carbon dioxide. Please. Oh my gosh, you're not getting enough oxygen. You things that you, God, if you want us to have a mask, we've been born with one. Okay. Yeah. And, you know, it should bother uh, Christians and Jews, especially, that this is 5780, the Hebrew year of the voice. Mm. That's what it's called. And yeah. in this year, shortly after the Hebrew year began, we have COVID and we have masks and, and they want to cover, cover mouths and cover we are image bearers of yeah. God, and Satan loves covering up our faces, um, yeah. covering up that image. But another, but I, it finally, you know, got got through to me. What I, the point I was making with you earlier about the connection between climate change and COVID is what the left tends to do is reverse engineer things to the science to reach a political objective. Yes. Climate, the whole climate change thing started with Marxists who wanted to put a dent in capitalism. And, and, and so they essentially created a problem with scant science. There is some science there about warming and blah, 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 but it's very inconclusive. You can see the same thing about COVID. There's science that, would, that you could use to prove this or that, but it's conflicting. It's not unified. There's a lot of disagreement, but the left just acts like, well, if, you know, everyone believes this. So, you know, this is, this is the consensus. And if, oh, and have you heard that a mask is an IQ test? If you don't wear one, you're stupid. So, I mean, here we go. Yeah, here we go. Or, or you're, you're not respecting others. Well, look, let me tell you something. If they think a mask works and somebody wears it, why do I have to wear one? Because after all, it works, right? Yeah, sure it does. Uh, <laughs> well, nobody's thinking through this. It's all fear, fear. You have to wear it because, well, I said, guess what, folks? I wore it and I got it. Mm-hmm. So what's their explanation for that? I wore it anytime I was in public and I still got it. So it is not foolproof, and it's not meant for healthy people to wear that. And, and could we look at the deaths? The, 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 the curve at one point was flat. I have not looked at it in the last week, but it, had, it flattened out compared to, to two or three months ago, uh, almost flattening out. And, and yet they're acting like it's the Black Plague. Can I just say, during the Black Plague, you knew people who died from this. Right. If you get outside of New York City, you have a lot of America. They don't know anyone personally who ever had this. That's right. That's right. That's right. Now, I mean, Sam, I'm sorry. No, yeah. it just, and per capita, this doesn't come close to touching some of the flu epidemics of the past. The Asian flu, the Hong Kong flu epidemic pandemics of the 50s and 60s. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and yet it's treat it's... Uh, when I talk to leftists, I can hear their voices tremble. They're so afraid. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's horrible. I don't like to see Americans like this. Uh, we we look like we look like a bunch of bandits walking around. And I think there's a lot of things going on here that that. Okay, let's put it this way: there were, uh, you know, you have cameras all over New York City, and now you have people wearing a mask, robbing people on camera, and stro- just stro- strolling away. Why? Because they can't see their face. So they can't get them, period. They have sunglasses on, a hat, and a mask. So what are they doing these, in these blue states? And, 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 you know, red states, wake up. What are they doing? You're helping criminals. You're helping criminals. Well, at least you know that, that if you don't want to get COVID, protest. Because you don't, have it, you, you don't need a mask to protest. You could protest, and it's not a problem. Yes, because the virus knows you're protesting. It's not going to get you. And it, it knows when you go to the grocery store, right, the supermarket. But if you go and vote, it's going to get you. Right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Come on. We are not morons. We're, we're, we're intelligent people. God gave us brains, even though the left doesn't want to believe that. You know, he gave us brains. Uh, let's use them before they start shrinking. Okay? <laughs> because they do shrink, by the way. They do shrink. It's not a joke. It's shrink. They shrink. That's if you don't critically think. Critically think. Don't let the left think for you. Right? Don't not- stop doing those crossword puzzles. That's right. <laughs> We are not afraid of a virus, nor should we be. We're not hypochondriacs, and let's not become them. Now, these are other things that we have to consider that are making people not trust the government, okay? First, you have false positives in Florida and elsewhere. You have mixing of positive COVID and positive antibodies and reporting them all as positive COVID, okay? Then we have numerous reports of people that never got a test getting called that they were positive, so, yeah, now, now we had the entire country shut down, 40-plus million people out of work, 100,000 small businesses will never reopen. Corporate stores were permitted, of course, to stay open, but the smaller stores carrying the same items, not so much. Then the government wonders why citizens don't trust them. Why is that? Mm. And China and Russia have already met and decided that we've gone crazy. I think we're actually vulnerable in some to attack if if they overestimate the chaos in this country because there is chaos and not enough to hamper our defensive abilities but we look like we've gone crazy to the rest of the world in all of these things that are going on i've never seen a period like this yeah i i just i was saying did anybody have, have a prophecy about 2020 because i'm i'm not, i'm clueless here what's going on yeah. right from the beginning of the year it's it's been like this so now we have cities on fire yeah. with mayors who don't want any help it reminds me of a dysfunctional family that's doing harm to itself and and it doesn't want any intervention it's right that's it no you leave my city alone let it burn it's amazing it's frightening it's frightening well this is what happens when the left was pushing for us to close the the mental institutions in state run i think we better reopen them and throw the entire democrat party into them or at yeah. least the leadership at this point needs to go in because this is frightening. Now, you mentioned China um, and uh, Florida Representative Ted Yoho. I said before I love his name. Uh, the top <laughs> Republicans, on, he's the top Republican on the House for the listeners, the House Foreign Affairs Committee for Asia. Uh, and he believes a violent confrontation 
between the United States and China could take place within months because he's very weary of Beijing's expansionist foreign policy. And also with their new law, when I'm th throw this in there, with their new national security law in Hong Kong, I'm concerned too because that is reaching into other countries as well. They may have a larger military in number, but they can't really match us in military prowess. So do you think, do you think they could chance, they would chance a conflict with us right now? I think their MO is to, they'll stage something that looks like an accident. They'll ram a ship or something and claim that, that it was our, our fault. This, has, this year has been a disaster for them. I don't listen to anything they, any analysis that says that, that China has this under control or they know what they're doing. Even without COVID, President Xi has been a disaster for China. And, and now we have all of their neighbors questioning whose side they would be on in a U.S.-China dispute, whereas before we weren't sure who we could count on. Now China is not sure who they can count on mm -hmm. because they've alienated most of their neighbors by treating the South China Sea as their own private lake and ramming and sinking Vietnamese and Philippine vessels. Wow. They now they now want a piece of Russia's Far East. I mean, it's and of course we know what they did in India. It's just ridiculous. And this all comes from President Xi China dream from a, a few years ago in which China stands up, becomes aggressive. You've heard about the wolf warrior philosophy that their diplomats are supposed to take. It's all backfired. And now we have things happening I never thought I would see. We know that Britain has decided to not allow Huawei to do the 5G network in their country. Oh, right. That was a big yeah. hit. Now France is saying, announcing today that they're going to rip Huawei's network out of their wow. Oh, oh, this is a disaster <laughs> for them. I'm, I'm sorry I'm happy about that, but I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. So um, don't let anyone tell you that, you know, this was going to be the Chinese century, by the way. I don't know if you knew that. No. that the last century was the American century. This was going to be the Chinese century. Yeah, well, maybe, maybe the Chinese century, because this is the century when, when they self-destruct. <laughs> that's that's the course that they're on. And, and it could make them more dangerous. But I, I would not, uh, they're clearer eyed, I think, than people give them credit for when it comes to uh, whether or not they want to have a kinetic shooting war with the United States. They know that we are the goose that lays the golden egg, uh, not just legal trade, but all this stuff they steal from us. They want things to remain the way they are, kind of this gray war or cold war, as you have it now, where they're stealing upwards of a half trillion dollars a year in U.S. intellectual property. Now, wow. I, I put this in a story and I, I'm like, that can't be true. Um, you know, you, you see, and, and I ran the fact down, it's from Stanford, it's one estimate, it may not be that high, but it's as high as a half trillion dollars a year. That makes this one of the biggest wealth transfers between nations in world history. They're mm -hmm. draining us of wealth. And that in part was, the, that's a big reason why the Houston consulate was closed because it was a spy nest for this kind of stuff. And wow. lo and behold, they're out back burning documents as soon as they find out that we're closing the consulate. Oh my God. Did we stop them from burning more documents once we found no, the Gilbert? No, no, no. But, but, uh, and, and 
you know, Trump has done more than any president. This nonsense under Bush, and it got even worse under Clinton, that right. they're a strategic partner, that that was always, they were laughing all the way to the bank on that. Absolutely. I but those days are over, and, and they're in real jeopardy now. And, and, and like I say, President Xi has been a disaster for China. Oh, yeah, I agree. I agree. I want to talk for a second here about uh, Turkey. Their economy, of course, is in the toilet. And Erdogan is, um, seems to me he's working a sleight of hand. The um, Hagia Sophia, that was, of course, 900 years a church and then a mosque, and then it turned into a museum, and now it's a mosque again. Why would um, Erdogan do that at this point? Um, does this further prove that what many of us have said about him, that he is an Islamist? He is, and he, he does he does want to resurrect a caliphate. He he has to be uh, somewhat oblique and 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 not very direct about it. But but I just want to say about what the Hagia Sophia, what the Turks call the Hagia Sophia. Um, you know, when this was a church in the Byzantine era, Christians didn't Christians didn't care all that much about it. And this needs to be brought up that it was weakened to the point that it could be taken over by the Ottoman Turks because of attacks by Christian forces. Okay, it was sacked oh. by Crusaders. Oh my gosh! Uh, the Hagia Sophia uh, had to be rebuilt twice because of riots. I mean, it was just a. It was a. It was not the Hagia Sophia was not held in high regard, in my opinion. I mean, that's certainly the way it looks. Uh, through the lens of history by the Christians that lived in the in the Byzantine Empire. But it has become this symbol of the conflict between Christianity and Islam. Uh, Ataturk, the secularizing leader of Turkey uh, m- many uh, generations ago, um, you know, uh, made it a museum. Uh, and it has been a museum and, and um, but then they began praying at it, and now it will be a mosque. But I don't think it will be a full-fledged mosque because it's still a tourist site. They still want the tourist money. In a sense, I feel like it's over. The concern over it's a little bit overblown. But then Erdogan says this is this is uh, you know just another step toward the liberation of Jerusalem. Oh, hello. Yeah. So. <laughs> Uh, you know, there's rhetoric and there's reality, and I'm not sure how far apart those are on that. But there, there's real concern, even which is really ironic because Turkey's a big trading partner partner with Israel. Yet you get this rhetoric regularly because Erdogan's people were the ones who thought up the Islamic army to liberate Jerusalem a few years ago, and you, so you get this rhetoric on a regular basis and you don't know what to make of it. No, you never do with him because he goes back and forth and, but we know who he is and uh, he has been slowly but surely making their parliament Islamist. (laughs) You know, he's been working at that. I want to just pop over one more time over onto our land. (laughs) We have (laughs) people cowering in fear to the virus. Our economy is limping along. And California and New York governors releasing hundreds of violent criminals. So Marxist groups are rioting, looting, burning major cities to the ground, all this in Democrat-run cities. And these Democrat, these domestic terrorists are being protected by Democrat leadership. So who hopes they gain the advantage in the November 
from this. I w- yeah, I would not want to be Joe Biden and, and be on this. <laughs> who wants to be on the side of the rioters? First of all, those people don't vote. Okay, they're right. I'm I'm sorry, but they're probably they don't. Too, too stoned on election day to find the polling place. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, you know, no, and, you're right. Go ahead. And and um. Yeah, but you know, I'm concerned about Trump's polling numbers, and and I'm hearing different things. I think that his base is not thrilled with how he's handled some of this. They'd like him to be tougher on law and order, and and maybe that's what we're seeing with the federal officers, which, by the way, do have a constitutional right to enforce the law. It says in the president's um, oath that he's to enforce the laws of the United States. And when mayors aren't enforcing them, it's been argued that the president can step in and do that. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. He's responsible to do that, despite what the lying media is saying in the major media and those that, uh, you know, those those politicians in those different uh, blue states or blue cities are saying it's not true. Um, You know, this is this is really going to be very interesting. But you're spot on with the president. He's starting to get tougher on that, but he needs to drop the mask nonsense because there's a lot of, no, really, it's not just me. A lot of people are angry about this. A lot of people are. So he needs to rethink that. And as far as his Surgeon General, I think he should find another job because this guy has been vacillating and causing confusion on this for a long time. So, I mean, I, he's, to me, comparable to Fauci at this point. And that's not a compliment, by the way. <laughs> and can I just say that, sure. that that I have my mask from eBay that say this mask is useless. You can order this. <laughs> you can also order a mask that says this mask is as useless as my governor, but the shipping Ooh, isn't as good. So. Does not. No, bidding, bang, boom. That's, that's a good one. <laughs> Dale, where can the listeners follow and support your excellent work? Oh, thank you. I, at CBNnews.com is where my stories show up, but I'm also on Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and uh, would love to engage with people. Absolutely. And listeners, you should do this. Follow Dale's work. I'm telling you, I'm, I'm learning when he's sharing on here. <laughs> this is how much he knows ahead. But I'm telling you, you should follow uh, Dale's work because it's brilliant. Um, and as always, I will have these links in my after show, which is now on the live show page. Just go to AudreyRusso.com. Click on the honor button and right under the show description, you'll find all the links and info you need to follow Dale's work. Thanks so much, Dale, again, for your outstanding work. And it is outstanding. Oh, and, thank you. And, uh, will you come back and join us on the show? I would love to. Awesome. Until then, may God bless you, your work, and may God save America. Bye for now. Bye-bye. We're going to take a quick break right here, but stay right there. Up next, Stephen Bucci will be here. So don't make a move. You know what makes you feel really good about yourself? Doing something good for somebody else. If you'd like to do that today, go to JDRF.org. Join them in the fight against type 1 diabetes. JDRF.org. It's something good you can do for the world. JDRF.org. After a long, hard night, I am exhausted. I need something that will stimulate me. That's why I start each day with Ron's sexual chocolate. It really gets me off to work. Find the flavor that stimulates you 
and get you off to work at AmericanPrideRoasters.com. Christopher Columbus once said, By prevailing over all obstacles and distractions, one may unfailingly arrive at his chosen goal or destination. Battle for Freedom is a radio program that highlights on these obstacles and distractions that keep us from the small successes we seek on a daily basis. Most of them could be a noble endeavor, but they keep us busy instead of being focused. This is about building character over building a political party. Monday through Friday on Mojo 5 Radio, Battle for Freedom airs at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. And I attempt to move each one of us, including myself, one step closer to one more personal victory. Join me as I trigger change one heartbeat at a time on Battle for Freedom, Monday through Friday at 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on Mojo 50 Radio. Hi, it's Doc Thompson for Matthew 25 Ministries. Matthew 25 Ministries is one of the few charities I'll actually endorse because I know them. I've worked with them. And I know almost all of the money that you donate goes to help people. Go to m25m.org. m25m.org. Hi, this is Steve Camp. And I tell you, through 35 years plus of Christian music and the last many years in pastoral ministry, I've come to see that the Word of God is the theme for our songs and our life. What a joy it is to be on Audrey Russo's show, Real Talk, to promote both. Stay tuned. Hey, this is Pete Hegseth, co-host of Fox & Friends Weekend, an Army vet and also the author of American Crusade. But really all I care about is loving and fighting for this nation, which is why I love Real Talk with Audrey Rousseau. She tells it like it is, understands what America represents, and ultimately is willing to fight for her. God bless this country. God bless this program. And thank God for America. This is Mr. P of Real Talk Radio reminding you of the following. Al Gore's dire prediction of Manhattan being underwater by 2016 never came true. And why is that? Because climate change isn't driven by science, but rather the redistribution of America's wealth via communist policies. Hi, y'all. This is Charity Daniels, and you are listening to Aubrey Russo on Real Talk. You leave it right where it's at. You'd be glad you did. Welcome back. If you're just joining us, this is Audrey Russo, and you're listening to Real Talk. The police are the last line of defense between criminals and law-abiding citizens. So what could blue state city officials be thinking by their support of a call to defund police? And the couple in St. Louis that stood armed in the face of almost 500 rioters, well, the law says they're right. So what could be the motivation of a St. Louis circuit attorney to charge them with felonies. 
Well, we're going to discuss this and more with my next guest. For my new listeners, Dr. Stephen Bucci has served America for three decades as an Army Special Forces officer and top Pentagon official. He's a visiting fellow for Spec Ops and Disaster Management at the Heritage Foundation and an independent security consultant. Stephen is an adjunct professor of leadership at George Mason University and an associate professor of terrorism studies and cybersecurity policy at Long Island University. It's my great pleasure to give a real talk welcome back to Dr. Stephen Bucci. Welcome back, Steve. It's always great to be on the show with you, Audrey. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's great to have you with us again, always. Um, We're going to jump right in here. Um, Blue city mayors and city legislatures continue to push for defunding the police, singing really backup for Marxist BLM mobs. Um, What are these city officials trying to accomplish? It almost seems like they want total anarchy. Uh, You know... Audrey, I I think the city officials, you know, some of them are probably true believers who agree with some of the Marxist things that Black Lives Matters and some of the other groups are are pushing for. I think if you look at places like Seattle and Portland uh, and even Minneapolis, it's, it's pretty clear they do. I think the majority of them, though, are just playing to the crowd because they they're so flexible in their views that, you know, that's the, the flavor of the day today. So that's what they're riding with. Unfortunately, I think they're ignoring the majority of their constituents who don't feel that way. And, and in the process are, are not doing their jobs. Yeah. You have to wonder about Ted Wheeler, um, for, you know, for Portland, what, what, I'm, is, did he, is he in a room with a gas leak? Because I don't understand this guy. I mean, really, I, I don't understand this man. They're burning the city to the ground, and he just doesn't seem to care. Yeah, I, I agree. The, uh, you know, the, this craziness, and it's been going on there for a long time. Right. Uh, you know, they've allowed Antifa and these other groups just to kind of run roughshod over the citizenry there. Uh, so that, you know, on any given weekend, there are parts of that city that you could not walk around in because the, these groups would just target you and chase you away and say, well, you can't drive on this street. And if you stood up to them and said, but I'm going this way, the police would come and arrest you. So, you know, there's some of these cities have, have a, a history with this, but it's, it's gotten far more widespread than uh, it's been in the past, and and the destruction has upped itself tremendously, and it's just wrong. It is politicians are there to serve all of their constituents, not a small uh, whether they agree with them or not. And uh, you know these people are betraying the majority of the voting population in America. Yeah, but but at no time should we be tolerating this. Violence. I mean, pr- protesting is pr- peaceful. Protest is one. None of none of these the rioting and looting. That's not peaceful protesting. So I- I'm trying to understand this. Why is this? Why do they continue to allow this? I- I- are they trying to make the president look bad? 
I mean, I'm trying to understand. <laughs> I, I, I honestly do not understand what they're doing. I think in large measure it is to, to make uh, the, the president look bad. They, they think that's what they should do. They're so intent on trying to get rid of President Trump or at least uh, trying to ensure that he doesn't get reelected that they're willing to do darn near anything. And, and frankly, a lot of them could care less about the, the views or the priorities that people like you and I might have, things like religion and family and free enterprise. Right. Uh, they don't care about that stuff. So for them, you know, this is a win-win, uh, particularly if they can, you know, derail the president's reelection. So <laughs> it's really sad because, you know, you look at it in so many places you know, uh, Minneapolis was a perfect example. The majority of the businesses that got destroyed early on in this were businesses who belonged to enterprising black people uh, and other people of color. And those were the first ones destroyed by these crowds. How is that bringing social justice? How does that honor, and I'm doing air quotes there, Mm -hmm. George Floyd? Uh, It's crazy. This whole... Uh, initial legitimate anger about an event that occurred that shouldn't have occurred has been hijacked for a, a, a self-described Marxist movement that now is, is trying to derail everything this country stands for. And uh, I just think it, it's crazy and should be stopped. Yeah. Uh, You may not have heard um, that one of those small businesses in Minneapolis, they found that that they burned to the ground. They found a body in there. So this is murder now. Yeah, that that is unsurprising to me. Uh, Anybody who tried to stand up to these people are considered the enemy by them and uh, and they go after them. Uh, directly, and if that fails, they go after them through their their allies in the city hall or, uh, uh, you know, in the state house. And and it's just craziness that Americans who are contributing to society uh, are not allowed to protect themselves, but the government steps in and protects these people who are lawless and who are deliberately ignoring the, the rules of common decency in society. Yeah. You know, just a simple click over to BLM's website. Uh, they make it unequivocal who they are. They're trained Marxist and they, everything that we stand for and our values, they want to destroy. So, you know, this really is terrorism because they're using violence yeah. to get right. It's exactly what it is. And, uh, you know, and when the physical terror doesn't work, they turn to terror online, uh, you know, to so-called doxing of people, publishing addresses of folks and family members' names and faces so that they can be harassed, yeah. which is, you know, is kind of a logical extension of, of the kind of nonsense uh, that, uh, you know, politicians have said on the Democratic side have said, oh, we should do this. You know, we should go after anybody in this administration. Anybody who agrees with them is clearly a criminal and a racist and doesn't deserve the protection of the law, doesn't deserve free speech, so they're free game. 
we, you know, the, the Democrat Party has been part and parcel of this. They try and smear President Trump saying he's the one creating division. And in reality, it's them. They're not only encouraging people to do these horrible things, but they're cheerleading for them and giving them the direction and the idea. It's just unconscionable uh, and, and wrong. Yeah. Then we have governors, in particular California Governor Gavin Newsom and New York Governor Andrew Mussolini, I'm sorry, Cuomo, <laughs> it's Mussolini, um, releasing violent criminals into the population under the guise of protecting them from the CCP virus. Among the hundreds, and there have been hundreds released, there have been in New York three cop killers and a, a convicted child rapist and child murderer in California who has raped and killed little boys and has stated that he won't stop when, you know, and he's been released. What are these blue state governors trying to accomplish with this? Uh, the only thing I can think of, you know, and, and I think I may be giving them more credit than they deserve in this, is that they're hoping when these people get released, they're going to somehow allow them to vote Democrat. Uh, that's the best, you know, as, as far as the most charitable explanation. If you go beyond that, it's, it's a clear effort to dismantle everything that's important in this country to people like you and I. Yeah. Uh, you know, close down churches, but allow riot, uh, you know, because that's significant, as Mayor de Blasio likes to say as if church is clearly not. Right. Uh, you know, all these attitudes that anything that people who disagree with them hold dear and important is of no consequence, but what they deem as important and beneficial to society, that should be upheld and supported. Public money should be spent to do it, uh, even though the majority of the population disagrees with that. Yeah, yeah. And then you have, of course, uh, Newsom. He's just, when you were mentioning churches, he's a loon. Okay, there's no other way to put it. We're telling churches that they can't sing. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, you know, it, it, this stuff is, is crazy. It, it doesn't make any logical sense. Uh, but they, you know, they say it, they get away with it. You know, you and I challenge them on it, but that doesn't stop them from, from doing these things. Uh, and, and it's just really unfortunate uh, that they're getting away with it. Uh, I, 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 you would think the Justice Department would have something to say about some of this. I know we have, you know, a, a, a republic uh, form of government where the mayors and the governors don't work for the president. But, you know, there are federal protections, civil rights protections that should be upheld that are just being trampled during this time. Yeah. Well, I mean, look at look at the position that, uh, especially in California, that Newsom has put people in when you're, you're releasing a child rapist and murderer who said he's going to continue doing it. I mean, I, I, you know, this is beyond loony, okay? Now, I don't agree with face masks being the, the perfect solution because I wore it and I got sick. And I know some of the double double masked and got sick. But if Newsom and Cuomo believe the masks being the answer, why then didn't they hand out masks in the prisons instead of releasing violent criminals on our streets? Yeah, that's right. Or, or at least 
go down and find the most benign criminals that are in there. Right. You know, and, and release them and keep these horrific monsters incarcerated. But now you have more space to do it. So use the social distancing, use masks. Uh, but don't let them out. But to just, to, <laughs> yeah, to turn them loose when these people are horrible, violent offenders, uh, particularly against children, uh, is just ridiculous. How can any leader uh, in our country do something like that and think it's a good thing? Yeah. Now, we're saying something about it, but where, where's the GOP in those states? Where's the out, where's, is there an outcry? Even in Congress, why isn't somebody just saying something about this? Nobody. Uh, they should be. You're absolutely right. Now, now California, I'll give the, the Republicans in California a break because California's funny election system has basically caused the Republican Party to, to disappear. Their, their thing of, you know, whoever gets the most votes even if they're all from the same party, anybody else can't run against them. Really? Uh, it, it's, oh, yeah, they have this funny proportional thing <laughs> so that if, if they're running for a, a congressional seat or a, you know, a state legislative seat and there's four Democrats and, and say, three Republicans running, uh, the, the two top vote-getters in the primaries are the two candidates, even if they're both Democrats. So in a lot of these places, they've basically frozen the Republicans out, and they'd like to do the same sort of nonsense all over the country. Uh, and we really need to, to be on the lookout for that. That is a, a you know sort of legislative jujitsu that they've done so that they can own California lock, stock, and barrel for the foreseeable future. I think that's unconstitutional. I don't know if anybody's challenged it in court yet. But it sure sounds flaky to me. So I'll give them a pass. But you're right about everybody else. Our, legis our national level legislators should be going crazy, uh, pointing this stuff out and, and, you know, calling out these governors and just leave it to the president to do this. Uh, you know, our, our legislative branch has a responsibility as well. Yeah. Do you know if the DOJ has said anything about this? Because I haven't heard anything. I, I yeah. I don't know, Audrey. I, I'd be just speculating. I mean, DOJ has got a lot on its plate now trying <laughs> yeah. to fix all the stuff that's been broken. But, right. you know, hey, it's a big job, but they're the ones that are authorized to do it. And, and they really need to. But, boy, we got stuff that's causing huge problems. You know, when when governors say, by God, we're in charge. But you have to give us everything we ask for, because otherwise we won't be able to do it. And you give us anything less than what we ask for, and it's all your fault. It's like, come on, with guys. children, illogical. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, that's what you have in Chicago. She doesn't want the the president's help and the mess that she has there, Lightfoot. But she wants, but she's demanding things from him. I mean, how old are they? Like four? I don't know. Yeah, that, that's right. This, this is like dealing with my four-year-old grandson when he's in a really bad mood and needs a nap. Uh, you know, yeah. he, he gets pretty unreasonable. He's usually a wonderful little guy, but when he needs a nap, you know, you know it, and it's time for him to go to bed. Unfortunately, the president can't just tell, you know, Mayor Lightfoot to go to bed because yeah. uh, she kind of needs it. She looks like she's down on her sleep a little bit. 
And if I was the mayor of Chicago right now, I wouldn't be sleeping very much either because it's a darn mess. It is. Yeah. Her fault and it, Rahm Emanuel's fault yeah. and, and Democratic leadership for decades in that city that have failed the people of Chicago like the mayors and governors in, in Democrat that have been under Democrat control for so long, Baltimore, Detroit, uh, you know, all over California. Uh, you know, it's just absurd that, you know, President Trump has been in office for three plus years and all of this is his fault, even though it's been ongoing for, you know, decades since I've been alive, uh, where these cities have been controlled by the Democrats. And but now all the faults belong to President Trump. Uh, kind of nutty. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, among the many injustices and constitutional violations during this pandemic, uh, there was a couple, Mr. and Mrs. McCloskey, who had the gate of their community in St. Louis destroyed. So they stood their ground against several hundred, and it's several hundred, between 300 and 500 BLM rioters who were threatening their lives. Of course, they didn't discharge their um, weapons, but they were standing there. The McCloskeys had a right to defend themselves according to the Missouri Castle Doctrine, which reads, the use of force to defend oneself is justified when the person believes there is a certain risk of death or great physical harm. This also applies when someone is trying to break into an occupied vehicle or home. Why would a St. Louis circuit attorney charge the couple with felonies for doing this when it was clear they were protecting their lives and their home from a mob that broke down their gate around the community and made threats of harm? Uh, There is absolutely no justifiable reason that that prosecutor took the actions that he did. Uh, The governor of the state has already said that. Uh, This is completely pandering to the crowd, pandering to the Black Lives Matter uh, group and their their supporters. Those folks were not peaceful protesters. They were not on public streets. They physically broke down a metal gate that said private property, trespassers keep out. They broke down the gate. They came into the the yard and and the driveway. They threatened the owners. They threatened to burn down the house. And these folks, to their credit, did not just start shooting at the crowd. They had their weapons. They let them know that they were going to defend their castle, as that law uh, defines it. Uh, And they were actually pretty darn restrained about it, in my opinion. Uh, And those, those rioters moved on. Uh, And now for this prosecutor to turn around and say that those people who followed the law, who, you know, that lawyer is a liberal lawyer. He's defended Black Lives Matter people in the local courts. He's not like he's some right wing nut job, to to use the terminology of a lot of the press. Uh, But to arrest he and his wife over this and take away their lawfully owned and licensed weapons uh, is is a gross violation of their constitutional rights, and I think a gross violation of, of the laws of Missouri. Uh, you know, this is just, it's got to stop. You don't have two sets of laws, one for rioters that Democrat politicians think are okay, and one for the rest of us. Yeah, 
Yeah, of course. I mean, um, you know, look, the Missouri Governor Parson said he will pardon them, but this should not have happened in the first place. They were within their rights. This attorney appears to be acting politically. Do you agree? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's no doubt that that is what is on this guy's mind, that he wants to be able to, you know, say to the voters the next time he comes up for election that he's a, a woke hero. Uh, even though, you know, he's violating the law and completely violating the trust of the people uh, in, in administering the law. Uh, it's just ridiculous to do that. But, yeah, he's, he is playing politics to the nth degree, and I hope the heck he pays a heck of a price for it the next time he comes up for election. Yeah. You know, I wonder, I mean, I don't know uh, the law in the, in this area, but uh, there should be some way that when people are charged, they're being charged for things that they didn't do. Those are false charges, and it's clear what they were doing. Um, there is there no recourse for them? Well, I think, uh, again, I'm not a lawyer either, but mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that if you are falsely accused, and, and the charges get dismissed or something, you, you do have some legal recourse to do it, especially in a case like this. Now, the problem you run into is, is who are the judges there? Yeah. Uh, who's going to hear the case? But, you know, both that, the members of that couple are, are lawyers. So um, I'm guessing they know the rules and will not be shy about uh, taking steps to, uh, to, you know, seek recourse. Uh, both, you know, criminally and civilly, uh, because I think they probably have a beef in both of those things. So that city may be paying a very large price for the uh, the the poor judgment of that prosecutor or the political judgment of that prosecutor going forward. And I hope the citizens of the city, you know, when their taxes get jumped up because they got to pay a gigantic lawsuit, uh, they ought to know whose fault it was. Yeah. Uh, the other thing I'm concerned about with what they're doing and how the, these, this couple's been portrayed is that they are trying to put fear in people about protecting their own lives and their homes. Uh, you know, because this, to me, was clear that they were trying to give that impression that these were the criminals and that the criminals were not the criminals. Yeah, I, I agree completely that, you know, this is the kind of woke message sending the people who, who deem themselves tolerant and open-minded and, you know, focused on justice have absolutely no problem at all using a fascist level of intimidation uh, and, and threat uh, against anybody who disagrees with them. And that's what you're seeing here. You know, these people talk about, you know, anti-fascism, but they're really comfortable using all of the methodologies that, you know, if you really read about fascism, they, they use. Uh, the, the real brown shirts in this case are those mobs and their political allies who then turn around and use uh, the courts and the laws to, to go after folks. You had the same thing. You know, my one son lives in Colorado, and uh, that the cake maker out there who was sued uh, – for, for not making a cake for, for a, a same-sex couple because he's a Christian. Yeah. And he said, look, I'll give you the names of you know, five other cake makers who are just as good as me. They'll be able to help you. Uh, doesn't mind selling goods 
to anybody, so he's not prejudiced like that, but he just does, chooses not to be part of that kind of celebration. And he was hounded by the city of, of Denver all the way up to, to a level where it was finally overturned at the Supreme Court. Uh, and now they, they go after him again. They yeah. keep, you know, yeah. suit after suit. And I guess they figure if they can't beat him in court, they'll just tie him up forever so he'll never be able to make cakes again. That kind of harassment uh, is, is just not acceptable on, on any end of the political spectrum. But it's the left who does it habitually yeah. uh, to anybody who disagrees with them. And it's really unfortunate. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, they use the laws to punish people that don't agree with them. Yep. Steve, where can Alicia's follow and support your excellent work and the work of the Heritage Foundation? They can go to heritage.org, heritage.org, and get uh, some really fine analysis uh, by all my colleagues and, and friends there. Uh, everything is available free for download. There's never a cost for it. Uh, we just want to make sure that, that uh, your listeners are armed intellectually with what they need uh, to do battle in, in the public space, uh, and, and going to Heritage will help them do that. Excellent. And as always, I'll have those links in my after show, which is now on the live show page. Just go to AudreyRusso.com, click on the honor button, and right under the show description, you'll find all the links that Steve just shared. Thanks so much, Steve, for sharing your brilliant assessments with us. Until your next visit to the show, may God bless it's you. My pleasure. <laughs> Until, uh, may God bless you, your work, and may God save America. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Real Talk with Audrey Russo. You can follow Audrey at her website, AudreyRusso.com, where you can find the live show, archives, articles, and much more. She's also on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Read her articles also at Liberty, Great Britain, and Barbed Wire. Join us next time as Audrey exits stage right. This is the seditious, rabble-rousing, liberty-loving, home of fun, entertaining, and compelling talk. Mojo 5